Good so far. Good so far. Yep. Good. That's better than. Well, I, I started uh, the book Thursday. Started it during about the same time. That uh, time all day Thursday. It was quite Friday, but you know, I Thank you. 
Good morning. It's good to be in God's house today. I think Justin's going to turn me, turn me off. off. You know, the citizens are so vacant out here. The, uh, the, uh, just to let you know, COVID is alive and well. And got a granddaughter that has it. And Kevin and Katie decided maybe it was safe to say to stay home. Which is probably true. And, and uh, so, so we're a little short, short up here today. So we're going to do something unique. We're going to sing out the hymn. Now the words are going to be up on the screen, except for one. We'll let you guess well. I'll tell you the name when we get there. But we just want to have a good time. It's just so good to come into God's house. It's, you know, usually I'm here a little bit early, and it's just kind of neat to see people begin to gather. And, and uh, uh, one of the choruses that we're going, we're going to sing at the start is Holy Ground. And, and uh, I attended the service, service one time. time. I thought I it was thought really amazing. This minister that uh, was, was the, the, the church, church came, came and, and she wasn't she wearing her shoes. shoes. <laughs> and, and you kind of you, kinda, did you did forget you something? something? <laughs> She says, she says, I've never worn my shoes when I preach, when I'm in church. It's holy ground. I got to think about that this week. You know, every place you go is holy ground. Now, I don't know about comparing it all the time, but it was a good reminder to me to think that, you know, yes, we come into God's house, this is a holy place, so is my heart. So is my heart. So is so my words. It's holy ground. We need to remember that. that. And I'd like to begin by, by, by uh, turning to number 113. The words will be on the, on the screen. We're going to say we have come to this, this house and gathered in his name to worship him. And then we're going to go right into that chorus. Holy ground. We are standing on holy ground. Let's stand together. We'll have a little we'll word. Father, we thank you so much that you called us together once again, once again as the family. We ask that to be with those, those who can't be here today and uh, who aren't for various reasons and they'll feel your presence in a special way, but they'll also know we're thinking about them. But Lord, we're here to hear from you. We're here to see Jesus. We're here to be reminded of our faith. We're here, We're here to, to lead burdens. The only, the only place, place that we really, really know that we can, we can release, release them and, them and trust, trust you to deal with issues. issues. Most, Most of all, we're here to praise you. We want to lift you up this morning. morning. We have gathered, we gathered together in your house for Christ's name.
there's a really wonderful gospel, gospel song that says, 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 He abides. It's number 315. It says, I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the narrow, narrow way. Jesus is walking with, with me. He abides. Let's join together.
about five minutes before I fall. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, if you are new here, welcome. If you're a regular attender, uh, we're excited and welcome again. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And, and may this week be a focus in thanks in all areas of our life for all that God has done for us. And uh, as Merlin was, was sharing about the pastor that was coming in with Holy Ground, it reminded me that I got scolded. Not spanked, but like shut down. Uh, years and years ago, uh, I started up a, a Saturday night service for those that were disenfranchised with the church, those that were afraid to even come through the doors. And I used to preach in sandals, and I would kick them off, and I would always preach barefoot. And the lead pastor came to me and said, You are not allowed to do that. <laughs> and I said, And he goes, Why would you ever? take your shoes off and preach barefoot in church. And I said, holy grant. And it's just like, thank you. Because I almost, I'm thinking about taking your shoes off today. And, and because we are on holy grant. And, uh, and we are coming into one of the most holy moments in the Christian year. Starting next week, we're going to be in And this is the time that we not only look back backwards as the foundation of Christ's coming, but we put our focus forward in Christ's coming again. And may we live into that hope of Jesus coming. Um, on a side note, I grew up with hymns, and I love them, and they're more theologically sound than our modern music, and so I am loving today, so thank you very much. Amen. This is awesome. Uh, with that, would you please join me as God's people of prayer. prayer. That was almost 50% of us. Uh, please join me as we go before the Lord as God's people of prayer. There we go. All right. Heavenly Father, you are the God of creation. And you alone are worthy of worship. You are the source of love. You are the sacrifice of love. Sequence of love and our security. Thank you for showing us how to live and by walking with us through your Holy Spirit within us. Thank you for making us on purpose and thank you for making us with purpose. Lord, we ask your forgiveness when we forget to show your love to others and help us to forgive those that don't show your love to us. Would you please bless our leaders? Locally, nationally, and locally, to serve with your holy wisdom, your justice, and more, most importantly, with humility and love. We thank you for moving and, and stirring the hearts of, and lives of your people here at Fresno First Church, and, and we ask you to continue to transform us through your grace. We bring these prayers, we bring these petitions to you. Lord, we lay them down on the level ground before the cross. And we ask you to hear them and receive them. And we ask them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen. 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 And the, uh, this morning we have uh, our missions moment. And uh, I don't know how, how we were going to pray about this last week, and obviously I wasn't here. Uh, we have a sister church over there, very close in Clovis, and they just received a brand new pastor. So I'd like us to go ahead and just 
pray over them that God would go ahead and bless this new pastor and close uh, faith community. It's Pastor David, by the way. And uh, so if everybody can go ahead, I think faith community is that one, right over there. If everybody just kind of extend your hands over there. And uh, Lord, we love you, and we thank you for speaking to Pastor David and for his response to your call to come to the Central California District. We ask you bless his ministry and the ministry of Clovis to your glory. Transform and unite them in heart and mission. And may this be a fresh new season to them that is a fragrant and pleasing offering to you. Thank you, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sometimes, Sometimes the word word talks about the book. <laughs> now this, this is going to be a test. We're going to see something for the reality of the And it is going to be honest. Because, because for some, some reason, this song, somebody, somebody didn't think it was worthy of the data. Anyway, they just tried to put it in. It just wasn't there. Number 393 is a great song. It says, just life is great love. And when the world going on, and us going to the we go through one life, it's good to have someone that loves us so much as we do Let's stand together and say, say.
saw a great, great reminder. It's just like it is a great love. Well, there's another thing that I just enjoy. We probably don't sing it often enough. It's one of those maybe we should be singing in the car, around the house. It's number 554. We do have the words singing this book, book message, message yet. Yeah. But, but uh, it, just it just says, it is well, well with my soul. <laughs>
that we, that we sing the scriptures, that through all the trials, difficulties, and tests, it is it well, well with our, our soul as the blood of Jesus Christ. You may be And I turned my mic on, which my, my lovely, lovely wife, wife mentioned to me that it was not on. I don't know her name, so it all sounds the same. Uh, I was really struck this morning with a thought. Uh, and so we have grown so accustomed in our modern day to be entertained, haven't we? We turn we on the turn TV, TV and we get and a we pick get a whichever, whichever channel, channel we want. We turn we on the radio, radio and switch stations. stations. And, and we, desire we desire so much, much that, that, to, to make the entertainment personal to us. I love Spotify and I've got my own playlist and all that stuff because it's music I want. And one of the things that has crept into the church is the worship of entertainment. That we go ahead and worship to be entertained. You know, you we, know we, we, we play fancy music, music and, and it's loud, loud and it's, 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 you know, a different, you know, different rhythm, rhythm and all that kind of stuff. stuff. But, there's but there's something about, about the humility, humility of simple, simple hymns, hymns 
that strikes our Lord within our souls. And I felt that this morning as we did it. It just, just brought me back to my youth. And it just it really struck me this morning and how how important it is to remind that we aren't here to be entertained. And we aren't here to entertain God. We're here to worship and to praise God and to be transformed by His Holy Spirit to be His people in this world. And as we gather this morning, we do so because we've been called to be gathered by God. And that's an honor. And it's a privilege. And this is practice, if you will, for eternity that will withstand the presence of God. And so let's just cherish these moments that we can come together on Sunday mornings as our practice to worship and be transformed. It's just it's amazing. And so this morning we're going to pass the peace, and uh, we're going to greet one another. And so as you approach somebody, say, Happy Early Thanksgiving. Or gobble, 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 whatever you do. Another note, another note. That's my son, Lou. He's, he's home from the army. Our birthday was yesterday, and we are stoked, stoked that he's here in church. church.
Okay, uh, a couple of uh, housekeeping announcements. So the cost is free. It's moved. I'm going to start decorating for today. I'm pretty excited. So I loaded up uh, Shelly's car with stuff. I couldn't bring it over to the so much stuff. And so we only have a few packs left. Next week is our deadline. And so let's go ahead and do this well. Now the cool thing is... We, we have 10, ten more tags than we did last year, year and so we've already surpassed last year. year. So this so is this really neat. Uh, I know that, I know that like, like, we're going to be taking another tag as well. Uh, and so, so the other the thing other is, is uh, the pastoral survey that Pastor Rob gave out, it's due next week. So fill it out, and let's go ahead and get that in. Youth group, ages 5th and 5th grade and up. So if you know a 5th grader and you're up, let them know that we're having a white elephant, elephant gift exchange. We have to start them around, right? And we have a white elephant gift block. And so we're going to go ahead. It's Tuesday, November 29th from 6.30 to 7.30. Shelling out now here. Uh, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be in fellowship hall. Uh, we've got... Uh, Something, Something else, else. and we are, we're asking for an all-call on this one. Uh, December 11th, so save the date. I think that's the popular phrase these days. From 6.30 to 8.30, we're doing a community Christmas uh, Christmas light walk. And what that means is that uh, we're going to be inviting our community to meet here in the parking lot. We're going to have coffee, cocoa, and hot cider. And uh, we're going to meet up, and uh, then we're going to go ahead and walk around. So we're going to kind of split up as a congregation to walk with people in our community. And we're just going to walk around and check out the lights in our community. And we're also going to be passing out uh, Christmas carols. And so if you are in a group and you want to sing some carols, you can stop and carol. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. Uh, and so we're going to do that. Um, and you walk as long as you want or as long as you don't want. It's up to you. And so and we're so going to be uh, uh, going to be doing that. And we're also going to need help this week and next week to start passing out flyers around our community. And so we're asking everybody to go ahead and grab just a stack of like maybe ten. Is that too much? To go ahead and just like pass them out at doors to invite everybody here on everybody in our community uh, December 11th. And the last thing is uh, men. So this is not women. Uh, uh, we're having we're a having tool exchange, exchange because, because we're, we're men, men right? right? And we, we like tools. And so, so Thursday, December 15th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall, we are we having are a tool exchange. exchange. So we so need you to bring a new tool of $5 or less. And I'm thinking Harbor Freight is probably a good place. And then or a pre-owned tool that works. Uh, <laughs> or in, in fairly decent shape, and, uh, and that, it's going to be a fun time. And it, it, it's kind of the white elephant gift, but it's just a chance for, for the guys to get together and, and rib each other and have a good time in the name of Jesus. And, um, and so with that, if you have your Bibles and apps, we're going to be landing in First John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21 this morning as we continue... Um, to peer into what it means to walk in God's love. So this is part two of two weeks ago. And so I got a question for you. Do you believe, and you can do a uh, show of hands, do you believe God will give us more than we can handle? Okay, there's a couple yes. All right, this was a trick question. 
obviously, obviously. a pastor doesn't ask a question like that without being kind of sly. Um, I can't find in scriptures at all where it says God will give us more, or God won't give us more than we can handle. God won't give us more than He can handle. And the uh, and what I mean is that when we abide in Him, that He is with us and nothing becomes impossible. But when we try to do things on our own, things become impossible to do. And so when we we're faced with these insurmountable odds and challenges, unless we're abiding in Christ, then we cannot accomplish it. But when we abide in Christ, when we abide in the love of God, nothing is impossible. So it was kind of a, a both and answer. And when we know the Lord is with us, it changes the way how we interact with our family and our friends and our coworkers, our classmates, our community, and even within the body of Christ. And it changes everything because God's love changes us from the inside out. And when we embrace real fellowship with our Heavenly Fathers and brothers and sisters in Christ, the world looks different. Because he abides. And we sang about that this morning. So this morning we're going to continue to look at these characteristics of God's love from 1 John 4, 7 through 21. And these characteristics are the source that God is the source of love, which we looked at two weeks ago. And today we're focusing on that God is the sacrifice of love, the sequence of love, and the security of love. And so if you're able, would you please stand for the reading of God's word in 1 John 4, 7 through 21. One of these days, I will learn to turn it on before I click it. There we go. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the, the love that God has for us. God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this way, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he loved us. He first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers and sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister in whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. This has been the word of, word of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. 
So God is a sacrifice of love, which John reminds us that, that love is shown through the sacrifice of Christ. And in 1 John 4, 9 through 10, John writes, God's love was revealed among us this way. God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. In this love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. These verses echo the writing of John's gospel in, in 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And we often pass by John 3.16. We often pass by 1 John 4, 9 and 10 really quickly because we're so familiar with it and we want to get into the next section. And, um, and so I ask us and challenge us, however, to, to pause and ponder and meditate for a moment. Would it make more sense to write, since God loves us so much, we ought to love God? But John moves right past this reciprocal love of God that we should have and reorients our focus into action to love one another. We need to remember that, that we are not God's only child. We are not God's favorite child. I mean, I would love to go ahead and be as bold as John and say, like, the one that Jesus loved. Um, but the one that Jesus loved is each one of us. We are all God's children, but in that we are all brothers and sisters. And God, God's love for each one of us is the same as God's love for each one of us. God loves you as much as he loves you and as much as he loves me. And that does not change. And in that, we need to... Um, and what John writes is just it, it becomes utterly absurd from a worldly perspective. Since God loved us, we ought to love not just God, but we need to love each other. So if we are to reflect God's character of love, it must show that we are willing to sacrifice for one another for the sake of this amazing love. And, and what this means is that due to our natural sinful inclination of, of being selfish and, and self-seeking and self-worship, it is impossible to love others with the, with the love of Christ unless we abide with this overflowing love of God that flows through us as God's children and only comes from His Spirit from within us. In other words, when we love each other with the love of God, it's this otherworldly divine love that we've been talking about and it shows and reveals our love of God because we obey His commandments and we learn to love sacrificially for each other. And we're going to be talking about this today. And it doesn't come overnight. Loving, Loving someone, someone else, else doesn't come overnight. overnight. It, takes it takes practice. It takes intentionality. It takes painfully practice at times um, until we can truly embrace what it means to love in such a manner. And there's a story about a, a pastor speaking about sacrificial love that went to visit uh, someone in his congregation named Maggie. She was in the last stages of life. She had cancer and was heavily medicated. She was unresponsive. And um, he, went to, he went to go support her family. He went to go pray over her in her last, in her last days. And, um, and the family was taken extremely hard. And, and when he got there, he saw a surprise. He sees his daughter 
or he sees her daughter, uh, Maggie's daughter, Kimmy. And, um, and Kimmy had taken the sheets and, and set them aside, and, and, her, and her mother's legs were, were bare and, um, and frail. And, and he saw that her daughter was putting lotion on her mom, and it was starting on her feet. And this lotion was expensive. In fact, it was more than Kimmy could afford on her salary. And as the pastor walked him, uh, Kimmy gives the pastor this mischievous smile that, that he recognized in the moment. And, uh, and she said, promise you won't tell my children. You see, the, uh, her kids had given that lotion to Kimmy um, for Mother's Day because Kimmy never did anything for herself. And the kids said, Mom, you never do anything for yourself. Please have this super expensive lotion and just love yourself. But as Kimmy put it on her mother, she was unresponsive. And, and Maggie, she never knew the difference. No one ever knew the difference. But this is the nature of self-sacrificial love. What, do these acts go unappreciated or unnoticed? doesn't matter. So what else if no one understands these precious acts and these actions we take? God knows. God's the one that sees our hearts. God sees these actions that we do that no one else knows. These aren't unnoticed, but these are precious and these are valuable in His sight. These are these fragrant offerings that in, the, in His throne room that I guarantee will put a smile on the face of Jesus. Going, that's, that's what I'm talking about. These acts are the care for others that are in need. If these are the acts that put others first. These are the acts that show the love and the mercy that Jesus example to us and are motivated by him and his spirit, which is alive in us. And they point everything to him and his glory and not ours. See, sometimes it's really difficult to understand the big picture of God's love. In fact, we can't even comprehend the love of God that took place on the cross. And we can see that there is no act greater of love than Jesus on the cross. And, and Him on the cross, it's very real. This isn't superstition. This isn't legend. This is historical fact. Jesus died on the cross. And that is a very real, tangible love. You know, if God had formulated a committee of people like you and me and decided whether the crucifixion of Jesus was a reasonable act of love, I think most of us would vote against it. We would argue with statements that, you know, Jesus never did anything wrong. He never sinned. He, he shouldn't die. And, and, you know, he could do so much better in living than dying. And look what he's done to the sick. Look what he's done to the poor. Look what he's done to the widows and the orphans. And in our short-sightedness, we would beg that Jesus wouldn't be killed. You see, love is not reasonable at all. And we may not understand the big picture. And in our inexperience, it, it doesn't undo God's love. And every act of God is an act of love. 
because its origin is from a holy, pure source. And in God's love, He took action to reveal that love through Christ that we would, that all the world, not just us, but the entire world could have the opportunity to have eternal life. Jesus didn't die for a select few. He died for His creation. And then John moves from this sacrificial love to this practical aspect that comes from loving others. You know, God is a sequence of love. And, and as God's children, we need to remember that, that the sequence of God's love, and by sequence of love, I'm referring to that which follows by being loved by God. God loved us first. And then what? And in verses 11 and 12, we read, Beloved, since God so loved loved us so much that we ought to love one another. And no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and His love is perfected in us. Ought to. In our English understanding, ought to, honestly, it, uh, as in like we also ought to love one another, it implies that it's something that is really important and we should take in consideration, but not necessarily do. You know, I could say when my children were young, I'm not going to say now, but when my children were young, I could say, you ought to make your bed. It may or may not be made. But they ought to make it, right? We ought to love one another. You know, but when you look at the original language, when you look at the Greek, the word ought to actually means obligated. And so another way to see this verse is those claim to follow Christ since God loved us so much, we are obligated. We must, we have no other option than to love one another. And as God has loved us, we are obligated to love one another. Love is not a checkbox. Thank you, brother. Love is not a checkbox that we can opt out of. This isn't something we can go like, mm, I'm going to love you, but I ought to love you. I'm not going to make my bed today. We are obligated to love one another. There is no excuse in this. We don't have a choice. And I'll tell you what, honestly, from my perspective and my life experience, I have been hurt by brothers and sisters in Christ. And there are times where I don't want to love them. Fact. But I do. You know why? Because I'm obligated to. And I pray about it. God, let your love flow through me and show me how to love your child, my sister, my brother, because of your love, not because of my lack of. <clears throat> you know, and when we begin to look at one another with this kind of love, it brings out the best in each other. It brings out the best in us. You want to be a better human being? Then love someone. No matter the cost, because when God's love is revealed, it ushers in life, not in, only in the other person, but in our own souls. You see, God's love prompts us into action, and when we understand that we are obligated to love others, it changes the way we look at life. 
And it reminds me of a story. Um, I was hunting in the foothills of the Southern Sierras in Tashby, California. And uh, the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail, uh, ran through this area. Are we on? Yes. Okay. The PCT runs through this trail. The PCT, the Pacific Coast Trail, goes all the way from Canada to Mexico. And uh, it's very popular uh, among long-distance hikers. And on this particular day, I'm hunting with a, with a friend of mine named Bob, which has nothing to do with the story. Uh, but he's a friend of mine, and we're sweating like it's out of style. And, and we're, I, we're hiking miles deep into, into the backcountry. And luckily, I had on this brand new pair of hiking boots that I talked Shelly into letting me spend more money than he should. And um, I have the size 12, okay? And I, the reason I say size 12 because it's, it, it's actually important, more important than Bob. And so the, uh, after a while, my friend and I would take this break, we'd find some shade, which is really hard in that particular area because most of it's sagebrush, and um, we're drinking some water, we're having a snack, and uh, we're cooling off, and we see this hiker kind of in the distance coming down this trail. And so, like, we got really nothing else to do, so we kind of mosey on over, we wave and everything like that, because we're three people in the middle of nowhere, and so and we knew this guy was hiking on the Pacific Crest Trail, you can see the backpack and everything. And, um, and so we offer him some water, we offer him some snacks, you know, we're saying, hey, you know what, like, the next water is miles and miles away, I mean, you're like a day away from the next stop, and, you know, can we give you some of our stuff? And so we shared life a little bit, we're, we're sharing stories, we're joking around, I noticed this guy is wearing these shoes that are literally falling apart. Someone had given him duct tape. And he had wrapped the soles of his shoes around so they wouldn't actually fall off of his feet. And, um, and so I, I, I pointed to him and I, I, I said, hey, bud, you know, it's like, what's going on with your shoes? You know, and he goes, I don't have enough money to make it. I mean, these shoes have to last me until I get to Mexico. And I, I looked at him and I go, what size do you have? And he says, what do you think? 12. So I take my shoes off, my brand new hiking boots. I'm thinking, like, I've got to explain this to Shelly one day. And I give it to him. He gives me his shoes. I wear them the rest of the day. I still have them. And um, after the hiker left, my friend, Bob, who is not a believer in Christ, asked, what possessed you to give those shoes away? And I said, God's love possesses me. And that's why I did it. And I don't share that story for any other reason that God's love is real. And it changes the way that we interact in life. And when we take God's love that seriously, then it really doesn't matter that I had to tell Shelly that I gave away shoes we couldn't afford because we have a gift of eternal life that is priceless. 
You see, when it comes to love, specifically this agape, holy, otherworldly, perfect and perfecting love, it's always growing in us. It's always maturing. In fact, there's no way or no matter where we are in our spiritual growth concerning God's love, it will always be better than it was yesterday. And it will always be better tomorrow than it is today. And we will never, ever reach the fullness where we can say, done, until we're in the presence of Jesus. God's love is always perfecting us. And then lastly, God's love is the security of love, which is shown in the most profound statements in Scripture. God is love. And uh, Pastor Chad, you didn't realize it, but um, at the growth group on Thursday, which anybody who wasn't there, I'm just going to say you missed out. Um, be at the next one. And so Pastor Jad shared a story. You didn't realize I was going to be preaching on this this Sunday. And um, we actually talked about it. So there's this folklore. It's legend. We don't know if it's true or not. It's not really historical fact, but it's church tradition. Um, it's about the Apostle, Apostle John. And um, the... Uh, <laughs> the folklore is that uh, in the last days of the Apostle John, the character, caretakers would wake him up um, from his house. They would take him to church. He would sit in the service. And at the end of service, the pastor would say, Apostle, do you have any word for us? And the Apostle in his last days would usher the strength and he would stand up and he would just say, God is And then, and then he would, he would go, home go home until the next Sunday. You see, God is love is the foundation for us. It, it's because it, it allows us to bear witness to everything we experience and see in Scripture as an expression of God's love towards very good creation. When we look around, and I hope we do, when we look around, I, and I was struck today when I was riding in at the, at the trees, that they look gorgeous. Um, in Genesis, God looked down upon creation and called it not just good, but very good. And may we, in God's love, see the very goodness of his creation because of his love. You know, see, God alone has allowed us to have faith so that we have hope and, and we know that we are his children and we trust that he has our best interest in life. And God as love explains that, that we are at his best, that we are at our best, and we are at our fullness when we abide in him, that we talked to, sang about this morning, and when we abide in his love, and his love abides in us. But let's not mistake this, folks. The, um, God is love, but let's not say that love is God. And God is love. God is the author and of love and anything that is truly authentic and pure and genuine and sacrificial derives from God. But to say that love is God turns God's holy, perfect, and perfecting love into an idol of false worship which has caused so much distortion of God's purpose of love. God is love is a truth that brings life. 
as opposed to the idolatry of, of love as God, which serves a, self, a self-serving death. And verse 17 shares that, that God's love has been perfected among us, which is to say that, that perfect perfecting love among us has a goal that we can have boldness before God and confidence and freedom of speech on the day of judgment because of the sacrificial love of God example by Jesus. I remember being in elementary school and getting that note, you got to go to the principal's office. And I remember going in there and walking into the secretary and she would let me into the office because I visited the principal quite often when I was young. And it was just always the same thing. And I was scared and trembling. Now, am I going to be, you know, a little trembling before the Lord? Yeah. Holy reverence. But God's love gives us a bold assurance that John talks about. Because I'm not going before a principal. I'm going before my Father in heaven. And I look forward to that day. I look forward to that conversation. I look forward to, to that and that assurance because I know that I have eternal life because of my faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, who is the atoning sacrifice for my sins. You know, also, as, as God is, so we are to be in this world. So if we are to reveal Christ's likeness or, or holiness in this world, we are to do so because God reveals His love and His holiness in this world. And also, and also that, that, that there is there no is fear in love, because perfect love casts out all fear, for fear has to do with punishment, like I had when I was in elementary school. Fear has to do with self-interest, because I was, I was worried about getting in trouble, and what are my parents going to say? Fear has to do with self-preservation. It's like, oh man, I don't want to get detention again. But love has to do with concern for the other person. Love has concern with seeking the best for the other and bringing forth life, which brings forth life in us because of Christ within us. See, John continues that whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. And in other words, whoever fears is more concerned with themselves than they are with protecting the interest of the other. Because by abiding in the love of God, we are reorienting, we are refocusing our attention to seek the best towards the other to an end that brings fruit for life. Uh, Watchman Nee, kind of a funny name, but uh, it's a Chinese evangelist. And he tells of a Christian, it's a true story, that he knew in China. And this Christian was a rice farmer, and he lived on, on top of a mountain. And every morning he would go ahead and, and he would open up the, the, the water gates and he would flood his fields. And then soon afterward, his neighbor would go ahead and, and open all the, the gates around this Christian's field and he would drain this Christian's rice fields and fill his own. And the Christian, you know, being loving, went ahead and let it go. And it happened time and time again. And pretty soon the Christian realized his whole crop is going to be lost. And the Christian didn't know what to do. And so he became desperate because he knew that it couldn't go on too much longer. So what did he do? He went to the Christian community and they prayed. They sought God. 
and they waited for an answer. And this is their response. The Christian became, and the, and the neighbor was unbelieving, by the way. And so the Christian, instead of opening up or the floodgates to, op- to water his fields first, he began to water his neighbor's fields first. And he started doing that without his neighbor even knowing. And then he flooded his own. And over time, the neighbor came to be a Christian. And his, over, his unbelief was overcome because of the Christian's love for others. May our love for others be demonstrated in such a manner. You see, if we remember our, the key verse for this whole series... I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may have assurance, that you may have no doubt, that you would know unequivocally that you are going to heaven. That's why John is writing this letter. To believe in the name of the Son of God, to confess the name of the Son of God is to be a child of God and to reveal His love and His family traits, His family characteristics. If you never met my son Luke before, and I owe you 20 bucks, we've got a thing. When I started preaching, I was using our kids as an example, and I did it so much that they said I wasn't allowed to anymore. So I said if I ever did it again without their permission, I owe them 20 bucks. I didn't ask So, So, if you had never never met met Luke before, before, you would know he's my son, son. just by by how he holds himself, the words he uses, and the characteristics. May we be accused of the same because of our Heavenly Father and being his children. That they, that the world would know that we are Christian by how we conduct ourselves. Not in the words we speak, but in the actions we take. See, God's love gives us security in knowing that we have assurance of faith in Christ that leads to eternal salvation. And that is our hope. And our hope is rooted and grounded in love. And it's not just love, but it's the sacrificial love that Christ removes the fear of judgment and replaces it with this assurance and this boldness to live out a life that reflects an example of Jesus in all that we are. And it's because of this hope and because of this love that God calls us to love our brothers and sisters that we can see and we can touch and we can relate to. Because if we can't love those in the family of God that God loves so much, then how can we say that we have loved God that we haven't even seen? In other words, if we are to walk as Jesus walked and, and Jesus is the image of the invisible God, And God's love is sacrificial in love and and commands that we are obligated to love one another with that type of love, with his invisible qualities and his spirit, then how can we have the testimony of being his children if we don't? So we are to show his love, this indescribable love that's profoundly in and through our love for each other so much that his love overflows into our communities. In fact, Jesus said that the world will know that we are God's children through the witness of loving one another. And so when we don't show that love to one another 
that does a disservice to the witness that Jesus has called us to. Which at, and so when we, but when we do that, and we do do that here, but we can do it better. We can do it gooder. And at its core, what this calls for us is just simply living out the great commandment to love God and others as ourselves. And this all goes back to the suffering, to the death, to the resurrection of Christ, the conquered death, the conquered death and sin, so that all of this very good creation has the freedom to know life and life eternal by faith, by believing in the name of the Son of God and to knowing His love. And so, again, our challenge this week, and here's the challenge. Not just the challenge, but the challenge of the challenge. If you're having Thanksgiving this week, during Thanksgiving dinner, when you're talking about maybe being thankful, have this conversation. And what areas of life do you most example the love and life of Jesus? Where in our communities do you see the love of God active? Are you prayfully asking God to remove hate from your heart? How can we be confident on the day of judgment and ask God to direct you to a sister or brother that you can show love toward? And so if possible, would you please stand for a blessing? Hold your hand out like you're getting a second helping of stuffing. May you boldly go into our communities living out the love of God. A love that does not come from us, rather a love that comes from God alone and is sacrificial, tangible, and gives us the hope of our eternal salvation. May you reflect Jesus and restore hope as we love, grow, and serve Christ in our communities. You are saved. Amen. Oh. You're forgiven. <laughs> That's Jesus' job, not mine.
So you pay into your tax certainly, but we claim or buy it. It's got a pastor for connection to the tax. Claiming cards, I don't understand how it is, I've never heard of it. Don't know anything about pricing. I'm told that this might be a hard time to sell a house, but it's not a hard time for you. You know what our pastor's need is. We claim the buyer at the end for somebody who claimed your peace. The peace of God is passed all the time. Help us keep your hearts and minds this week in Thanksgiving when the family gathers. And we are looking forward to hearing soon about how this need has been met and how they're moving forward in the right now. Bless our, our pastor and his family and love each other. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Yeah, she's